Let us pray. Dear God, now, Father, I come to say thank you. I thank you, God, for this great opportunity to be before your people once again to teach your word, to teach your revelation, and to help not only those who are listening, but to even help myself and to help us to apply your principles to our lives so that they will be more effective and so that our prayers, God, will be answered. And we thank you, God, that you are an answering prayer, God. We give your name glory. I thank you for those who are on tonight. I thank you for those, God, who are coming on. I thank you, God, for the influx of people uh, that will be on. I thank you, God, for the seed that's going to be sown tonight. Let it go into good soil, God. Let it fall into the hearts of your people so that it will grow into a great harvest and impact their lives in such a way that their minds, God, will not be able to conceive the miracles and the blessings that you have in store and that you have manifested in their lives. So, Father, we thank you and we give your name glory, praise, and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Matthew 6 and 12. My translation says, and forgive us our debts. Amen. Hey, Miss Wells, God bless you. Don't forget, guys, to check out the podcast. If you have not, go to Anchor. Amen.fm slash Foundation for Life. Amen. That is the podcast that I created on Anchor. Go ahead and check it out. Amen. There's some really good messages on there. Amen. All of these are on there. Amen. And there are some other series that's on there. So I thank God. All right. And forgive us our debts. Amen. Now this word debt is not talking about something uh, that you owe. It's not talking as if um, you are in due of a payment. But these debts, in some translations, it says transgressions or sin. And that's what the debts are. Notice that it said debts, that's an S at the end. That means that there's more than one. (laughs) Oh, man. That means that there's more than just one thing that we need God to forgive us of our debts. Now, the other day we said that, listen to the wording of the verse. The verse says, our Come on, talk to me. The verse says, our. And that lets us know that no matter, watch this, how rich you are, no matter how intelligent you may believe to be, no matter how many PhDs, no matter how many MDs, no no matter how much you have matriculated in your life, the one thing that we all have in common, the one thing that we all have is faults. We've all had mistakes. We've all missed the mark. Come on. (laughs) 
So it really doesn't make a difference because when we look at this prayer and if we pray this prayer and if we pray it the right way, then we all must confess to something. Your, your, your sin is no bigger than mine and mine is no smaller than your sin is sin. No matter what it is, if you sin, you sin. Watch this. Can I tell you this? I was doing some reading. I did some studying. Uh, the fifth petition request. Watch this. is a petition. It asks for forgiveness from debts. Debt. The Greek word Ophelia Mata. Probably translate into the Aramaic word Hoba. That was a common synonym for sins. That's all that really cool stuff mean. I don't know if I said the words right or not, but that's all it means. It means sins. Now, the person <laughs> who's asking for forgiveness is the person in like terms, and we'll get to that one next, but I, I just want to make a mention of it. And like terms also have to forgive as well. Amen. Forgive us our debts. Let's me know that I am not the only one in the world that got issues. Come on, talk back to me. Your, your name could have Dr. So-and-so in front. That does not exclude you from trauma or drama or issues or situations or circumstances. When we say our debt, now notice we have said that the prayer is inclusive. So we said before that when we're praying for our brothers, our sisters, and whomever, we also have to pray for our debt. Our debt means that we all got an issue that we need God to handle. Watch. So when you and I pray this prayer, this is from the sermon outlines. Watch this. When you and I pray this prayer, we are confessing before the Lord that we have a problem. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. We have a problem. Now, here's the thing. Your problem may not be alcohol. Come on. Your problem may not be smoking. Your problem may not be drinking. Your problem may not be sniffing. Your problem may not be squandering money. Your problem may not be any of those things, but you might have a problem with lying. Oh, come on, talk to your boy tonight. You may have an issue with hypocrisy. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing back to me. You may have a problem with being an instigator. You, you may have a problem with secret ill feelings toward other people. Come on, talk back to me. You, you may have, you, your problem may not be mine, but you do have a problem. And when we say our debt, it lets us know that we all have one of those. Some people say one of them. <laughs> and that's a problem. There is no human in this world on this earth, living without a problem. 
I don't care if you got apostle in front of your name. You still going to have some issues. I don't care if you got a bishop in front of your name. You still going to have an issue. I don't care if you got president, vice president. I don't care what the title is that it goes in front of your name. Mr. Mrs. Whatever it is, you still have a problem. Because when we say this prayer, this prayer says, Lord, I got an issue. And not only do I have an issue, but we all got problems. And we all need you to come and see about us. We have a problem. And can I say this? Here's what we like to do. Here's what we like to do. <laughs> we, we, if, if we know somebody has been an adulterer, we, we like to paint their problem bigger than ours because we just told a lie. Let me tell you something. It's all the same size. Because here's, here's the thing. Check this out. In, a, in, in adultery, yes, someone gets hurt. But also when you lie on someone, when you scandalize somebody's name, someone also gets hurt. Come on, talk back to me. So listen, it says that this is truth. That many believers have trouble with. But the fact is, we may be saved, but we can and do still sin. We may be saved, but there's a lot of things that we do that causes us to still sin. And we need constant rebuilding. Come on, talk back to me. We need constant refreshing. That's why the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every day. Because we need his mercy. If we don't have his grace and mercy, the stuff that we even think about can cause us to lose our lives. So, watch this. Some Christians have wondered why we should ask God for forgiveness. Watch this. Since the New Testament clearly reveals that God forgives all sins, past, watch this, present and future. Stay here. When he justifies us, that is judicial or foresick or forensic forgiveness. Or forensic forgiveness. That's how you say it. However, as forgiving believers, we need to ask for forgiveness. Watch this. To restore fellowship with God. So the forensic forgiveness. <laughs> I love this. Brings us into God's family. Stay here. But family forgiveness keeps our fellowship with God intimate within God's family. Can I say that again? Forensic forgiveness brings us into God's family. But family forgiveness keeps our fellowship with God intimate within God's family. See? It's nothing like being in a family. But there's a difference when there's fellowship in the family. See, you got you can have you can have cousins, uncles, all that. 
You, you can have a family. But it really don't mean anything if there's no relationship in the family. If you don't bond to anyone in the family, having a family is no benefit to you. If you can't bond with your father, there's no benefit of having a father in your family. Because your father, our father, as the Bible says, our father has everything we need. And what happens sometimes, can I say this? Because your fellowship with the father ain't so tight, you bypass him. Y'all ever heard that song? Y'all know what that song say. Pass me not, oh gentle savior. Please hear my humble cry. Why? Listen to the words. Why on others thou art calling? That's a relationship issue. Please don't pass me by. Why on others thou art calling? I'm crying, Savior. Savior, hear my humble cry. If your relationship with your father isn't what it's supposed to be, then you cannot expect to receive anything from the father. Watch this, because here's one of the things. We sometimes have an ought against the father. That's one of our debts. That's one of our problems. Oh, you ain't got to say nothing back to me. And because we have a problem with the father, we cannot receive anything from the father. We cannot get manifestation and blessings. We can't get miracles. We can't get healings. We can't get off the drugs. We can't get off the alcohol. Why? Because the fellowship with the father within the family is still broken. Because, it, it's, it, here's another thing, what this prayer does. It teaches us to own our mistakes. Can I dare say to be responsible for your fault? You know, too many of us have a problem with admitting when you're wrong. Oh, come on, talk back to your boy tonight, please, somebody. There, there are so many grown folks. That even when they know they're wrong, they will not admit they're wrong. They'll rather pressure you into saying you're sorry instead of them saying, and then here's the thing, and then when you do apologize, they don't even apologize. Because hmm. they figure they're right. Even though they know they're wrong. And sometimes they say this, don't they? Have you ever talked to somebody saying, listen, I know I'm wrong, but you're wrong. But you was wrong for saying that. Wait a minute. How you going to tell me you were wrong, but I was more wrong than you for what I said or for what I did? You ain't talking back to your boy. There's so many Christian folks that do that. And you, you want to take the blame off of you when you are wrong. Own up to your wrong. That's what this prayer does. It helps you to own up. It helps you to take ownership of your wrong. See, it's not enough to point out my wrong. It's not enough to point out Brother Johnson's wrong and uh, Sister Wilcox's wrong. 
But when you own up to your own wrong, this is what this prayer does. It helps you to become a responsible Christian and owning up to your problems, your mistakes, and your issues. And not always being so focused on other people's issues. So, the sad fact is made plain by John 1, 1 John 1 and 8 and 10. It is also clear from the testimony of the great apostle Paul in Romans 7 and 14 that his experience is one we all share. Watch this. Friends, we need a clear consciousness of our sins. Far too many believers act as though they think sin is something that happens in the lives of others and not to them. Have you ever been sitting by a Christian and something happened and they said, boy, listen, I see that. That don't make no sense. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. That That's when this self-righteousness begin to take place. They turn their nose up at certain people. And then they sometimes turn it up to Christians. You got Christians not asking for forgiveness from God. Are you hearing me? They're still holding on to stuff. Because they believe, watch this, they believe that the stuff they're doing or saying Ain't really hurt nobody. But can I tell you something? Whenever you don't ask for forgiveness for your debts, you are doing harm to yourself. We talked about that Sunday. That sometimes we are our worst enemy. We do more harm to ourselves by not going to God in prayer. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing back to me. We do more harm in our relationships, in our marriages, when we really don't allow the prayer to begin to work in our lives. So what? It didn't happen in 2021. So what? It didn't happen in 2019. If you know God has never failed you, then you got to know that he still won't fail you. Confess it all to him and allow him to cleanse you. Ain't that what the Bible said? Of all your unrighteousness. That means you got to get out of your self-righteousness as well. So the Forensic forgiveness brings us into the family, but the forgiveness that keeps our fellowship with God is intimate within the family. Family forgiveness. Personal fellowship with God is in view. One cannot walk in fellowship with God if he refuses to forgive and ask for forgiveness. See, you can't continue. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. You cannot continue to walk in the word of God, always pointing out what others have done wrong. Notice the lines say, and forgive us our debts. So don't write it off as if you're exempt. 
Come on, talk back to me. Don't write it off as if you're never wrong. Don't write it off as if you're never doing anything. Yes, God gives grace. Yes, God gives mercy. But do you sin just to keep receiving it? No, you don't do it just so God can continue to cover you. You don't sin because of the grace and mercy. See, too many of us believe that it's okay. God know my heart is the little cliche we always say. <laughs> and he does know our heart. But when we come to the conclusion that we are missing the mark, when we come to the fact and the realization that there's no good thing within us, then we move away from finger pointing to owning up to our own position in sin. Come on, talk back to me. You know, I've, I've heard plenty of people always say, man, I need a clear conscience. How do you think you get clear? You have to turn that over. That's what confession Confessions is turning over the thing that's keeping you bound. Can I bring my Bolton brothers back in if y'all don't mind? They got the one song. I love the song. It says, um, if I've been bound, if, if I've been delivered, why, why keep, why stay bound? If you've been delivered, why stay bound? Deliverance is a signification of being free from something. If the Lord had delivered you, this is the question they ask in the song. Why should I be bound? And that's the question I want to ask you tonight. If you have been delivered, if you have been set free by the Lord, then why do you allow, as my brother Paul say, every sin that besets you, he said you got to get rid of that weight. Get rid of it because you can't run with it. <laughs> All it's going to do is carry you down. Lord, and forgive us our debts. Romans 3 and 23 and Luke 15 21. Watch this. This particular word is used several times in the New Testament. And it carries the meaning of, as I said before, missing the mark. In archery, it's very tricky because when you're aiming the arrow, it takes a lot of stamina, it takes a lot of strength, and it takes a lot of aim and the right amount of everything to hit the mark. And I remember one time at camp, man, my minutes are up. I remember we went to summer camp, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get out of here. We went to summer camp, and we had archery. Uh, they hit the bullseyes uh, probably about 15 yards up or so, and uh, we all had our arrows and stuff like that. And, um, and so they gave everybody a chance to fire. And so, you know, I'm trying to show out in front of the kids and all that kind of stuff. So I pulled mine back and I let it go. And mine sailed over. I missed everything. Amen. <laughs> it sailed over the target. And, and sometimes, this is this is why I'm saying this, sometimes when we think we know it all, 
we miss it all. Come on. Some of the kids, they weren't hitting the target. They weren't hitting the boys eye, but they was hitting the target. And because I thought I knew it, I thought I knew everything. Now, the man that said that, and he gave us instructions on how to do it, he said, you have to sometimes uh, do a different type of aim because wind and all that kind of stuff, you got to take in consideration. And so I did. I just let the thing go. The thing just flew over. And so when we think we know it all, we miss it all. If I would have just taken the time, watch this, to take in the instructions, that he gave to me, I probably would have got a better shot. But because I'm Mr. LC and because I'm a certain age and because I'm a bigger, look bigger than some of the kids, I just thought I knew what to do to hit the bullseye and I missed the whole target. And that's what some of us do as Christians. We miss the whole target because we refuse to ask God to forgive us of our sin, to forgive us of our transgressions, to forgive us of our debts. Let me tell you something. You cannot be embarrassed. Don't you let embarrassment, shame, and guilt stop you from going to the Lord to ask for forgiveness for anything that you've said, done, thought about. Because the Bible says when you confess the Lord forgives and he cleanses. You cannot get clean if you don't confess. You can't, listen, in order to wash your clothes, you just can't put the clothes in the washing machine and just throw water in there and your clothes dirty. You got to open up that bottle and that detergent and pour it in there. And that's what happens when you begin to ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. You are opening up the box so that he can pour in the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus on you. So you can be cleansed not only from outside in, but from inside out. Because if you're not careful, if you let shame and guilt. Watch this. And sometimes doubt as well because some of y'all think you have done so much you doubt that God will forgive you. Let me tell you something. And I said you and I said this to you before. There ain't nothing that you can do so bad that God cannot forgive you for. You ain't saying them back to me. I know you're saying no, Reverend. You just don't know my situation. Well, I'm telling you right now. There is nothing you can do so bad that can tear you out of the love that God has for you. Nothing. No height. No, no spiritual thing. Come on. No carnal thing. No physical thing can separate you and I from the love of God. No matter what it is. So don't get to the point where you all high and mighty and, and you don't need God to forgive you. Yes, you do. You need to have that offer you. Lay aside. And then what our writer said, lay aside every 
weight. In other words, every sin, whatever it is that easily besets you, whatever it is that get you off track, whatever it is that distracts you, lay it aside. That's why Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you got to deny some stuff. you got to break free from some relationships because I need you to be solely focused on me. Deny mother, deny father, deny sister, deny brother. If you're going to come after me, get rid of distractions, not physically, but emotionally and spiritually and get tied to the Lord and allow him to lead you and guide you. But you can't do that. Hold it on to stuff. Let it go. Turn it over to the Lord. And he will forgive you. How do I know? Because he keep waking us up every day. Now somebody might say, Reverend, well, you know, that don't mean God forgive you. He, he, I mean, there's some people uh, who ain't never asked for, for God forgiveness. I got that and I do understand that. But for you and I, we know the difference though. See? We know the difference. That's why Jesus said, if you if you're burdened and you're heavy laden, he said, come on to me. I give you rest. I, he don't want you walking around with all this mess on you. Turn it over. Whatever it is, ask God to forgive you of your debts, our debts, our issues, our problems. The Bible says that he's faithful and he's just. To forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen. Bless you. I thank